you've landed on the Business Conservatory Podcast. This is a transparency-driven podcast helping you understand your unlimited earning potential. If you are ready to crush it with your business, let's go. Well, first off, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being a Thank you for even having Ellie. Hilarious. I would love to be on literally anything that you do. I'm just super excited to see more of your journey and how you've taken it because you're one of the only people that I know who has confidently said that they've come out on the other side of burnout and actually had like a substantial volume where it was like, oh, $250,000 worth of weddings. Fuck, that's a lot of work. Like it is. And you came out of it. You're the first person I know that came out of it, which tells me that you are always down to do the inner work. You are very self-aware, you know yourself. And that's just something that I think that a lot of people lack. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Chelsea (laughs) from Hawaii. I live in Seattle. I started doing wedding photography big time on accident in like 2010. I started doing it in high school and everyone's like, oh my God, was it always your dream? (laughs) And it was absolutely not always my dream. I had no intention of like, I was, you know, I was on the path. I was like, go to college, get a good job, get a career or work for the government. Cause they've got a lot of stability and a good retirement package. Like I was, I'd never ever really thought about entrepreneurship. <laughs> I'm also a Brown person. If this is not a video moment, entrepreneurship and like boss waving was for white people. There wasn't a ton of representation That's interesting. to see that. Like, I mean, Hawaii is a very diverse place. And maybe this was just what I didn't, I wasn't looking for it. But like a lot of the people that I knew, friends that I had whose parents were successful, like that I could model, those were not me. Like there they weren't, I didn't see a lot of versions of myself out there getting it. And then, so I started doing it and I think someone paid me $20 and I was like, oh my God, that's gas for like a month. That's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. So I went to college and I was doing whatever. And then I kept coming back to like, do photography in my hometown. So I moved an island away to go to college. I was just going to community college. I had also put all of my eggs in one basket to go to photography school in Santa Barbara. I even forget the name now, but it was like $100,000 a year and like the credits wouldn't transfer. And they're like, we have a sick fucking financial aid thing for you. I'm like, amazing. Like we can give you (laughs) $6,000 a year. And I was like, in what world is 6% financial aid a sick support package? So I put all my eggs in that basket and it didn't work out. And I was like, all right, maybe I'm just not supposed to be a photographer. Like maybe I just, you know, I'll just be here doing it for fun and whatever. But I kept doing it to like pay for bills and groceries and whatever, you know, at $50 an hour as I was doing way back then. (laughs) Anyway, fast forward, I realized I was like going to college and I kept bouncing around and I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. And I don't know. I guess I could do this thing because people like it and I do like it too. I guess maybe this is the thing I'm supposed to do. And we've been ever since I've only ever, I was a personal assistant for a minute. And then I was a really, really shitty barista (laughs) for another 30 seconds. And then I came back to being a photographer, but made it through all of hustle culture. I built my business very much on accident. And I think that's what I love too, is I like, I feel like for me again, if I've assumed anything wrong, (laughs) please correct me. But like watching you, especially, I feel like you built your business like on data and strategy and like cold, hard fucking facts. <laughs> You're like, here's how we do <laughs> SEO and ads and all these different things. And that's such an amazing, like, it's just so beyond oh, my so nice. capacity. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. So, you know, I did my first six figures, which felt like a really big milestone. And it was like a lot of money for me. And then I kept going and I, I loved the hustle culture when I was in it. I was big fan. I was like, yes, I will sleep. When I was I'm dead. too. I have to I, be real. I want it <laughs> in my veins. I want we- it in both arms. I want it every day. Inject it. Yeah. We, we both. I wanted to that's live how that we, life. Yeah. And that's how we met. But anyway, no, please continue. And so I was, I was all for it. I loved it. I loved working hard. I definitely have like a strong, I like to call it a strong struggle ethic. <laughs> Not necessarily a strong work ethic, but the harder something was, the more fulfilling it felt, which is a real bummer mindset to realize much later on that that's what it was. Really? That's interesting. If it happened too easily, I was like, oh, it must have been a fluke. Well, I can't tell people about it because I didn't have to work for it and struggle for it. I, I'm, my dad is like, I think a first generation immigrant, second generation, first generation is when they're born here, right? I never remember. 
anyway, so my parents immigrated from the Philippines. My dad was a firstborn immigrant here in Hawaii or there in Hawaii. And it was very much like humility, selflessness, work really mm. hard. You know, he grew up working like my grandparents worked the plantations and my dad worked the coffee fields. And it was very much like hard work, hard work, hard work. And I was living such a charmed life. So if something was too easy, then it didn't really matter. <laughs> I'm also particular. I'm talented in a lot of different things. I'm like gifted at a lot of things. A, a lot of things come very facts. easily to me. Solid facts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a lot of things come really easily to me. And on the same hand, a lot of things don't at all translate. I'm like, this is fucking nonsense language. I don't understand. And I feel like you're talented in a lot of things too. And listeners, if you're a really talented person, it wasn't a point of like confidence for me. It was very much, I'm on a real tangent here, but stick with me. So, <laughs> you know, things that happened for me, a lot of things kind of just happened. Like there were some things that I worked towards and whatever, but a lot of things that happened really easily. And so a lot of my great success, not that I didn't work for them at all, felt like they had been somewhat handed to me, which isn't true, but that's how it felt. And so I was like, oh, well, she's just good at that. Like I could sing and, and write and all whatever the yeah. things. And I joined gymnastics and I was immediately really, really good at it. And my coach, <laughs> I love her so much. And I'm really grateful that I did this because it, it both solidified that like struggle ethic and the work ethic that like sacrifice mindset in a way that was both really healthy. And also in retrospect, I'm like, that is really rough for a young girl to be going through. But she said to me, and it still gives me like, a, oh, she said, because I was, I was talented and I could, I just learned a lot of things. I didn't really have to work very hard. Like I just could do a lot of them. And so when I did eventually come up on something that was hard, I really struggled to push past that like friction point. And she said to me, she's like, I would rather have 10 people half as talented as you because, and it was something like, because they actually what? know how to work for something. And I was like, wait, was, how again, old that you? wasn't for, I was like 13. What? <laughs> and it wasn't, oh. it's like, that's not verbatim, but that's basically what it was. She's like, oh yeah, you're talented, but you don't understand how to work hard. So I would rather have 10 of people who are half as talented as you because you don't know how to work for something. And I was like, I'm holy shit. Up. Oh my gosh. I would, <laughs> I would literally crying, throw throwing up. up. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, holy shit. Anyway, she was really rough and tumble, but I love, I loved my whole experience in general, but like that in general. So I can also, I sing, I love to sing, but also no one particularly likes the person that can sing. <laughs> They're like, okay, we get it. You're a songbird. Calm down. So anyway, that's my own Thing. So coming into adulthood now and like really stepping into my own and not really caring as much what other people do think, it's definitely something I have to like wiggle through. So even with burnout, mm -hmm. like I felt like I happened. Now we're back. See, we came, we came back. We followed the thread. <laughs> Going through and like building my business felt very easy yeah. for the most part. And I didn't, I didn't have like a really good website or any strong SEO or anything for probably the first like five years of doing my business. And I still did just fine. I built it in Hawaii, which is a very relational place. So I built a lot of relational business there. It was a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals. So I was doing well that way and that people could, could reach me and my business could grow that way. And it wasn't until again, I got to, it was, everything is easy for long enough, but there was always going to be some sort of friction point. So when I reached that friction point where I couldn't just finesse my way through it, I was like, oh yeah. shit shit's getting real. I guess I have to like treat this as a business for real. <laughs> I should probably wow. take myself seriously. And so we were at the conferences, like where we both, we, you know, we've spoken and we've been a part of those. And everyone was like, I think that was my first year. The first year I did a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, Oh my God, cool. Like, how did I do it? <laughs> I don't know. Like total I, mystery. I total, total mystery. Action. I just like, you know, the, I, the be bewitched, like the nose twitch. I'm like, and I just got here. And so yeah. I kept doing that over and over and over again. And I obviously understood like business and I did a great job, but I would be making that kind of money if I wasn't doing a good job, but trying to reverse engineer what I did felt almost farcical. So identifying why I was burnt out was really hard too. Cause I couldn't even trace like the specific activities almost wow. that I was doing. It felt like <laughs> and what's funny is I was like, I must be a real fucking piece of work if I can't even figure out how I did all this. Like, of course, I understand like client relations. Like we learned a lot in the the other thing that we'd been in together. 
But overall, I didn't have a lot of the foundation that especially people who were starting much later, mm-hmm. people who were starting in the in the 2016s and 2017s, right? Um, there was a lot of foundation already built. Like there was, <laughs> here's this plan, follow this plan. But yeah, it was really interesting. And then now to see, like, I do have a lot of clients who are like, hey, I did this thing kind of on accident. And now I'm freaking mm-hmm. out. Because I don't know if I can sustain it or I did this on accident and it's really overwhelming. And what am I supposed to do now? Do I yeah. have to keep doing this? Is this on an end? Do I have to just keep doing this? And that's how I felt when I got, like, I hit my first 200. And I was like, that was wild. This number looks really great. And I'm proud of it. But I'm fucking pooped. I'm not feeling particularly inspired. I'm kind of exhausted. And I didn't do that in a way that felt really fabuloso for me. So what the F? (laughs) And it was just like, what do I do? And that was kind of my come to Jesus moment was like, I don't want to do this again. If this is how it has to be, like something's got to give. This can't be what it looks like. This can't be the way that you exist. You just keep grinding over and over and over again. And you make more money, but you feel worse. That is some hot horseshit. I do not unsubscribe. (laughs) Please get me off this mailing list. So coming through that was really interesting for me. And I realized like, I didn't know I was just on autopilot, which I think was very common for like that really, really toxic era of hustle culture. Right. And again, I'm a big fan of hustling for the things that we love. I think it's really important. I'm not a fan of it where it says cool hustle to the point where you forget all your values and Mm. sacrifice all these things. And you're not even happy when you get there. Like, or you don't even like the person who has your goals. I think that's my favorite thing this year is like, want what you want. I love that. (laughs) Want what you fucking want. Like set whatever goals you want, but do they actually feel good? Do they just feel good right now? Are they going to feel good in the future? And to get those goals, who is that person? And do you even like that person? So sometimes it's a person like, oh my God, I'm going to hustle my ass off and I'm gonna sleep when I'm dead and I'm gonna say no to all these things like are you gonna be happy saying no to all those things and whatever maybe yes and maybe no but right most people aren't asking them enough asking themselves enough questions when they're going through it to see if they'd actually want to go through it at all and so that's when you get through and you've already committed like that time sunk fallacy like well I'm already this far can't just right throw it all in the garbage and move to a cabin in the woods with my chickens I've got our I guess I have clients I have contracts and things I have to do but that was a, a moment for you. It was like, if this is going to be what I'm going to do, because I know I didn't want to go to work. Like I, <laughs> I've been right. a shitty barista once. I don't really, you know, I think entrepreneurship is just the way for me. I don't know if I could change that if I really wanted yeah. to. But figuring out, I'm like, if this is going to be sustainable and if, the, if like, imagine what if I could be fulfilled? Like, what if I could feel really, really excited to do what I do? What if the money was really easy? What if I could do this again? And like, at 50% effort, like, there's got to be a way. And for me, it looked like a lot of like detangling. So much of my identity was wrapped up in that, like, really, really aggressive, masculine, ick, culture that was part of like the toxic hustle culture. And so I didn't even know what I liked. <laughs> There's that audio right. on TikTok from a couple years. Like, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what my favorite color is. And I didn't like, I was just, I had, I was like, all right, chop that off, chop this <laughs> off, fit into this box. Perfect. This is how you do it. This is how you succeed. Yeah. Stop trying to invent the wheel and just become like everybody else. Okay. And then I did it and I was like, I hate it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I like. I don't know what I care about. <laughs> right. I don't know what matters to me. And so a lot of the work that I do like with my clients, and that's why I started business coaching or like entering, I started mentorship first. That made sense. And I realized very quickly, I had no interest in really teaching people photography or creation or things like that. I wanted to teach people freedom and expression and fulfillment. And that was absolutely not like, here's how to aperture. Right. No, there are so many courses. There are other people who will do a much better job. So coming out of that, it was a lot of like detangling. It's been a wild ride I would say that this year feels like the real coming out of it like I had a big up I had a big down I had a little fucking swirly turly gumdrop there in the middle somewhere and now coming (laughs) through I'm like okay I have a personality that's very polarizing in on its own and so I'll swing all the way to hustle culture 
and then all the way off into like, let's vibe and let's flow and let's heal. And then there's the exclusion of the other always. Yeah. So mine has, mine has been the process of slowly finding the middle. And I think a lot of people, when they're going through burnout, they're like all the way fucking empty. The cars are just riding on rims. There's not even tires anymore. They're like, I'm exhausted. And I'm just screeching along the highway. And then they're like, have total, like, fuck this. Burning right. it down. Moving to the I cabin see that in the woods. <laughs> Agree. I fucking hate this. And it takes a long time. And a lot of people, what I see, especially with the people that I work with, I see it in myself, is this huge pendulum swing that is also exhausting in and of itself. So like, let's do all the way here and let's go all the way there. And then you're like, a lot of energy there in the middle right. going so far between. But that's probably my favorite thing is, what does it look like to experience the middle and not force ourselves through so much fucking emotional and mental whiplash mm. going so far between the two. So yeah, it's a lot of values work, a lot of the balance of like feminine and masculine of rest and effort. My favorite thing that I remember is I'm also like a yogi. I love yoga. Something a teacher told me like probably 10 years now, but it's uh, Sukha and Stira. So Sukha is the sweetness that you can find and Stira is the effort. So feminine, masculine, very much the same thing. But it was like through the effort, what can you do? Because like effort is required for a lot of things. Like you can't just wish your way into your better life. You actually then have to act, you know, law of attraction and law of action. You have to actually do the things to go in that direction. But how, when you are in effort and when you are acting and when you are putting out in your masculine, how do you then find the sweetness? Like where does the feminine Mm -hmm. come in? How do you, how do you make the effort sweet instead of just pushing through it? I like that. Isn't that great? I know. That's been my favorite fucking thing. So anytime I do yoga, anytime I teach a yoga class, anytime I'm, you know, planning out shit and I'm like, oh, this is a lot of work. I'm like, okay, well, what does it look like then to find the sweetness? Because I know (laughs) if I just put a lot of hard shit on my plate out of fucking spite, I will (laughs) just not do it like a weekend. I'll be like, this sucks. On what fucking planet did I think that I was going to like this? Like I thrive on a little bit. I like a treat. (laughs) <laughs> so to find the sweetness, treats. I need treats. I need I uh, need all the treats too. I need a special party my entire about, personality. Oh, every six days. Yes. I would like a treat, please. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. that was my really long-winded thing. No, I, I am really happy that you were able to break that down because I think like through, and the big word that you used, detangling, was something that really came forward in my mind as mm-hmm. something that is a perfect word for listeners that are coming into this kind of hearing your story and also like resonating with the bits and pieces that feel very much like a part of their current reality right now. As someone who has gone through seasons of transformation, seasons of self-exploration, seasons of growth, Mm -hmm. seasons of hustle, seasons of not hustle, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff, how much of our suffering currently do you think is absolutely necessary, if any at all, in the process of detangling yourself from burnout? I What a great fucking question. God damn it, Ellie. <laughs> what a beautiful question. How much of our suffering is actually required? Is that how you said it? Yeah. And do we even need to suffer? Yeah. How much is necessary, you think? This is what I love. The Delulu. <laughs> we heard about the Delulu. <laughs> I had a friend call it, wear your Delulu lemons. And I was like, oh my God. That is That's so on I've brand for you too. Very on brand. And this is... My my guff with the Delulu is a lot of people are like, let me just be Delulu. Let me, oh my God, everything's going to be super easy and it's going to be amazing and whatever. And that's possible. So if you have enough connection or like determination or gentleness, whatever the, the adjective is to be able to drop in and speak directly to your subconscious, like we're all actually fucking magical people, however much you want to believe in that or not, we can just decide like, in any situation, I could decide, oh, this is going to be the best fucking day of my life, or I'm going to actually love this. I'm going to find so much goodness in this experience. Or I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to do this podcast to Ellie, and I'm exhausted, and I'm tired, and whatever other shit I can make up about it, right? So that we have the decision to have what we experience. There are outside factors, of course, but all of this is perspective. You see it all the time with how people choose to respond, the stories we choose to make up about things. So for me, coming from a background of like valuable things are hard earned. I must struggle for this success to feel like a success. And if it was too easy, then like, did you, why are we celebrating this thing? You just woke up, like, who cares? Like, 
Wait, no, this is a big thing to celebrate. So as far as suffering being necessary, I would love to say it's not. And I would say in truth, it's not. But also it's, I've seen it be, and I'm sure someone will disagree with this. It's unrealistic for most people to just step into the reality for any sustained period of time. Like you might go to a retreat and be on cloud fucking nine or whatever cloud nine. Yes. (laughs) So a different number. You might be like living your best life, but you have to come back and integrate into reality. So a lot of times, yes, you can change your own thoughts and your own perception and your own feelings and all of these things, but you still have to integrate into your life with your clients, your business, the world, the people you love, your spouses, your partners, your friends. And so I think it's unrealistic to just say, you don't need to suffer. What are you doing? You can choose how much, but I think there is some inherent and maybe it's not even suffering, but it's my reframe with that is like, cause I don't, I have chosen to suffer through a lot of my life and chosen to look for the suffering and really cling to the suffering. And I felt like it, I feel like it made my story more emotional. Like it made it mean it means something. Yeah. Yeah. I used to walk 11 miles to school barefoot, no clothes on. Like, okay, like who you went, it's fine. So I I see myself doing those patterns and it's also not patterns I want to continue. So for me, instead of calling it, you know, necessarily a struggle, I'm like, there is friction. So I like to call it friction is just like a non-emotional unwise. It's just a fucking word and there's friction. Okay. Friction is my favorite reframe. I, I need to use that. Like, I literally need to use that. Everything is about perspective. But I love that you mentioned the fact that you have to really be realistic about the friction of everyday reality, especially when I'm navigating with people that are in the throes of burnout. It seems like, and you tell me from your perspective, if this feels true, it seems like a double-edged sword where on the one hand, it really could be oversimplified into you can choose to act and you can choose to move forward and do it. But then on the other hand, you'd be denying a very real and tangible part of one's reality, which is simply acting doesn't remove the friction and being aware and acknowledging of it is necessary. So like for you, when you have a client that you're working with who is like in the throes of burnout, what do you typically find to be the best starting place for them in mm-hmm. terms of gaining that perspective while also like knowing, okay, now's the time to act so I can redefine my reality. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I see most, like when I'm starting to work with people who are there, I used to work almost exclusively with people who are feeling that. And as I progressed a bit more, it's not necessarily people who are super burnt out, but there is a level of like dissatisfaction and like mm. of not feeling super fulfilled. So sometimes it's burnout and they're like, I am so done. Like I'm exhausted. Like sometimes it's, it's extreme, but what also what I experienced with a lot of my clients is it's, it's less extreme and it's more just like, I, a lot of them are already really successful. And like, that's where, you know, a lot of people are burnt out when they get there. They're like, I did it. And now it sucks. <laughs> And surprise, right. I actually sucked the whole time, but I thought it would get better <laughs> after this milestone. Where's the fucking finish line? I just passed it and I don't feel any better. So a lot of what I see, like the comorbidities, if you will, are people are really overwhelmed. They don't know what they want to actually do. They've lost inspiration or creativity or like motivation at all with what they're doing. They've occasionally outgrown it or outgrown the version of it some people think like oh my god i've got to burn this whole fucking thing down and i've got to move to russia and learn russian and start a new life like you could that's one way to do it but what if we assess <laughs> so i like to i like to say that i'm working with a lot of entrepreneurs in their next evolution so their their, their expansion Ooh. or their evolution and what i've seen is it's not always scaling up Like sometimes it's also scaling down, scaling back, scaling fucking left, right, and sideways. Like the scaling, people Mm. think that they have to keep going bigger and not doing themselves and doing more and more and more. And sometimes that's not what it looks like. So I've lost track of the original question, but when I'm working with people who are going through burnout, it's a lot of, okay, how can we come back to the bare fucking minimum? I had a program like ages ago called the, the BAM method. And it was basically, what is your bare ass minimum? So if you could, a lot of these people who are burnt out are also high achievers. They have like a really high standard for themselves. A lot of them have like perfectionists and all these different things. A lot of these people are really like our doers. And so they've been right. doing, 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 but the doing stops hitting. <laughs> the dopamine has left the doing and the results just kind of feel shitty. So it's coming back to the bare minimum. Like, okay, if you could, and we play a lot of make-believe and we do a lot of visioning, which right. is like where a lot of it gets lost. It's not, I haven't found 
and that it's as easy to do these kinds of imaginative, expansive exercises on your own. Like, yes, you can listen to an audio, but like the power of having a good coach or a mentor like us in their circle is being able to ask the right questions. Like all this whole fucking session so far, you've been asking really amazing questions. And that's the power of having someone in your corner to ask the right questions and to guide people to their own right answers. So a lot of it's just like a coming back to center, like, okay, great. So what it, it's a lot of auditing. It's a lot of questions. It's mm. a lot of review. It's a lot of recentering. Um, and then begins the structuring moving forward. So sometimes it does look like, hey, like we, we're going to close this whole business down. Great. Can we do that responsibly? Can we do that safely? Big fan of safety. I'm like, I don't think right. you should just up and leave your job if you have a mortgage to pay and people who are depending on you. So let's figure out your exit strategy and not just light a match. Okay. Right. Great. Let's figure this out. So I'm a big fan of as you move forward, then what is the next sustainable strategy? So if you could, if you could just come back to the bare ass minimum, what would that look like in your life? So what is the one task, the two tasks, the three tasks max that you actually need to be doing? Cause a lot of people, you know, I do this all the time, or I've had this experience where I'm like, I have so many things that feel like a priority is so that nothing is, and then nothing gets done because I can't choose something. And I just get stuck in this like paralysis, whether it's ADHD or not, that I'm like, guess I'll just take a nap. <laughs> That's where I feel yeah. like a lot of my clients are like, I'm so overwhelmed. Like I have this ship to run and I don't really like running it and I don't feel very good right. and I can keep doing this or I fucking can't. And I'm just like, I'm so over it, but there's, there's got it. Something's got to give like, this cannot be it. This cannot right. be the thing. So some people are like when they're feeling so down that way, they're just like flatlining or like, I'm not, I feel the death of this business. And I'm just right. like, it's, I don't know, it's unemotional, unattached. It's just kind of like icky. It's a very icky, disconnected feeling. A lot of them are just like kind of floating through their lives and they're like panic inducing occasionally. So when that happens, it's all of that. Like, okay, let's strip everything away. Let's forecast, let's play, let's imagine if it could be. And a lot of people are so stuck in how it can't be, but really right. a lot of it's how it could be why who said it can't like for me whose beliefs am I actually clinging on to whose beliefs have I just like ingrained in my soul at this point that I don't even know what I like or what I would want or like wait I can do it that way a lot of like the sessions yeah. I have I'm not reinventing gravity or anything but what we do is no less powerful so saying like just opening people's minds and like deconditioning mm -hmm. sequence kind of what it is like if you could dream and if you did believe and if it could be easy, like what if, if it could be even better? Like what if it was possible? What if it did work out? So a lot of these questions to just get people back in alignment. So like when people are frazzled and in their ick, it's because they're totally out of whack. They are having like an out of body experience because they're so misaligned with the life that they've accidentally created. No one's, no one's setting out to build a business that's like sucks the life out of them. Like everyone's like, I want to feel right. fulfilled and I want to have richness and time freedom. And then they accidentally build something that's fucking garbage. <laughs> like what the fuck happened? Where did this go wrong? I'm on a mountaintop, but the one I want is actually over there. Now I'm going to go back down and back up, but bringing back people back into alignment. So values work, forecasting, dreaming, like reconnecting people to their inspiration and their motivation, helping people like declutter and again, like detangle their minds of what they want and what they, you know, what they're actually shooting for. I have a client I've worked with for like almost three years now. And just the other day we were having a conversation and we were doing some very, you know, masculine, very practical stuff. And she was planning out her year and she'd set all her goals. And we went over it and I was like, I don't see this other thing that we talked about that you're really, really excited about. She's like, oh, well, I think I, maybe that'll be like a, maybe a later thing, but these feel, I'm like, why do these feel like the priority? Yeah. And so we went through this whole thing and just kind of reflecting back to her. And she was like, oh my God, I was just doing this because you're, I was, I'm supposed to do this. Like, you know, you build a thing and I have a course and, a, and products, like that's what you push, right? And then you launch it and then you have to keep launching it and you have to do this thing. I'm like, you could, but I also know from the three years of working with you that you don't like that. <laughs> And you're always right. tired afterwards. So what if we could do it differently? What if there was something else? What if, like how convenient that your old conditioning pops up and it just completely deletes this fun thing you're really excited about and puts in the things that feel like a must have or a must do Ooh. because of the other fucking things that people say you have to be doing. So it was just a great, it's like, it's stuff like that. And when we are in the vacuum 
of our own brains and our own rooms and we're all pretty lonely as entrepreneurs unless we're in co-working or whatever the fuck it's so easy to just like tunnel vision and forget (laughs) about what we actually like or actually want and we're just like well so-and-so said this and this is what I got in the email marketing for the thing and this is the this is the hot goss so I've got to you know, go over here and it's hard to stay in our lanes and stay aligned and even figure out what alignment is because you're probably listening to some dude's version of what alignment is instead of <laughs> a woman's because it's very different. Anywho diddly, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> it's a lot of detangling and like reframing and just like, it's so overcomplicated conveniently so that we just right. stay stuck the whole time. And it doesn't have to be that complicated But again, like with, is the suffering necessary? It's not necessary, but there is friction. It is unrealistic and harmful to think that there wouldn't be. And to not realistically, again, this is my my guff with Delulu, I'm a big fan, but even your most Delulu dreams have to be grounded in some sort of reality in your day-to-day. So like have the big fucking dream, but like, what does it mean in your fucking day-to-day? How do you, right. you have to be the person that does it and has this reality. And if you don't have it, the data would present that you are not the person that can have that. You do not have the cupeth that overfloweth to have the thing. So you have to spend your days slowly, gently, consistently right. becoming the person who then has your reality. I think coming from this space that you and I are in, where it's just like we started our businesses creatively, mm-hmm. the idea of tapping into a creative, imaginative side almost is kind of like a part of the territory with being mm-hmm. people that are in an artistic space. And as you've illustrated, many of us, no matter where we start, somewhere along the line, we end up doing something that we don't like, or we're like mm-hmm. taking on other people's beliefs or ideas. And like somewhere along the line, things don't feel the way they ought to or where they need to anymore. My question for you is, how important do you feel reconnecting with a creative side of yourself and what would creativity look like for someone who maybe didn't necessarily come from an artistic background. Mm -hmm. Love that. And that's again, part of the burnout too is (laughs) as entrepreneurs, especially people who are high achieving and especially the ones who approach some sort of burnout or exhaustion is that more likely than not, the identity has become, I'm a business owner and this is my business and this is how much money I made or clients I served. And this is here I am. Here's my elevator pitch versus, okay, well, what do you like to do? I know for me, when I was the most successful before I did any of this work, when I was the most paper successful, I had completely abandoned anything outside of my business. I was living, breathing, not sleeping it. And I was like, well, I don't have time for me. (laughs) But I'm supposed to go to yoga. No, I need to do my marketing or be on social or fucking doom scroll. So <laughs> God damn it. And coming back to that creativity, it is like, what is the exploration? If you aren't feeling whole in your life, it's unlikely that you'll be able to do enough in your business to feel whole there everywhere. So like wherever you go, there you are. If you feel shitty in one area, that same theme is probably going to like permeate everywhere else in your life. So hyper-focusing to the exclusion was my my MO. So I was hyper-focusing to the exclusion on my business that I forgot about any hobbies I had. If my hobby couldn't pay me, it wasn't worth my time. It was very like right. <laughs> consumerism, capitalism type, you know, approach. And I love making money. I'm a big fan. Big, big fucking fan of that. Oh, yeah. And it also means like I make the most money and have the most impact when I am litty titty up. Like if I am happy and feeling fulfilled and that doesn't always, it isn't always my business. And when it does become just my business, I'm like, (laughs) uh Oh, (laughs) red flag. Let's assess. I love helping my clients. Like let's find a hobby. Let's figure out the thing that we love. So can you try something new? A lot of like high performing people, like another comorbidity is a lack or like a really poor growth mindset, a weak growth mindset. So they're like, if I'm going to do it, it has to be perfect. And it has to be the end all be all. And I'm going to just overthink it to death and then maybe launch it, but maybe not. And then even when I do, I'm going to put all of this stock into it. It's going to be really chaotic and really exhausting overall versus what if we could be practicing something. So for me, 
I had that mindset. I'll speak from experience of like, okay, it has to be perfect. I was really attached to things being perfect. I still am sometimes. And so going then and trying things that I was no longer good at was hard for me. So going back to yoga after being out of it for a while and I was like, oh my God, noticing that like everything is a mirror. Everything is a story. And the same, the story I hear in my yoga class is the same story I'll probably hear when I'm on my computer working through business. And Part of that is like, that's my favorite exercise. Like, okay, go do this thing and notice what you notice. I do a lot of like metaphor catching, I guess, like dream catchers almost. But I do a lot of those exercises with my clients when they're going through something like, okay, great. You see, what's the metaphor? What's the story? How does that transit? Like, oh my God. So same thing, like going to my yoga class and hearing Sukha and Stira and being able to take that literally fucking everywhere I go for the last 10 years has like been one of the more valuable things I've applied to my business than anything like I learned from a marketing email, but it's this holistic vision of success. So if you're, if you want to be successful in your life, do you also want to be a successful partner, a a successful human being? And when you're looking at success, what does it actually look like aside from dollar signs or, you know, net income and stuff like that? Like what does it actually mean? Are you having dinners at home? Another thing I love is the idea of luxury that's different for everybody right means something different to everybody so like my husband and i we love to spend money on fucking gadgets and gizmos and like silly shit with our adult money as big kids i love that in a big city you guys game next to each other too right (laughs) you guys like i love that we co-game in our household but like that's the thing that matters to me and it doesn't fit a traditional idea of what success should look like and so i even have like choosing to game who was one of the most therapeutic things for me because what a waste of time. What a blah, blah, blah. All these stories from, you know, toxic hustle culture. And, you know, they have a basis in reality, but like, look at all that time you wasted if you spent five minutes a day instead of like watching Netflix or instead of gaming or reading your like slutty fantasy romance books. <laughs> if you were just doing something proactive and personal growthy, whatever, like look how much better your life could be. And there's so much shame around just being to enjoy like you're allowed to just enjoy simple shit. And that's why people get so exhausted is because there's all this rhetoric around what is good rest or good activity or this or that. And I think (laughs) it's my hot take. I think we are all allowed a little bit of, what is it called? Like a rotting time. (laughs) Have you seen that rotting? Rotting. rotting. There's this thing on TikTok. (laughs) We're like, you know what? I think we just need like an hour to rot. I don't want to be focused on growth or whatever. Like I just want to lay in my bed and decompress. And I want to just like, this is therapeutic time. Some people just need to unplug and like, like when I'm on vacation, I'm like, all right, it's silent time. I'm going to look at my phone right? and I'm going to relax and I'm going to decompress. Thank you so much. I do not want to go on another walk. I just want to chill out. <laughs> Thank you. Intentional rotting, not rotting <laughs> because you couldn't take it anymore. Yes. Rotting in like electively saying this, this is hour my time, like time. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing yeah. it so that I don't have my body do it for me kind of thing. Anyway, continue. And, yeah. And more as a, as a like a, a metaphor, like a reminder, like you are allowed rest and that rest, as long as that rest is restful, take it. Some people that is walking around, some people that is going to yoga class, some people that is just like turning their brain off for a minute. I know for me, I feel like I carry a lot of mental load. I feel like that's been my story my whole life is that I choose to carry a pretty what feels to me like a heavy mental load and so when I get the opportunity to turn it off I'm like this is so relaxing and sometimes it is gaming sometimes it is going to yoga sometimes it is reading my slutty little fantasy books and I'm like this is the best what I okay speaking about pendulums it's another little tangent but with the pendulum that's going so far left and so far right and like over committing to something to the exclusion of all else I also did the same thing with personal growth And I burnt the fuck out on personal growth because I was like, every calorie, every second, every page moment word of my day needs to be focused on my future growth. And that took me so much of so much out of just existing (laughs) that I was so unhappy. And there was so I was more stressed out doing personal growth work than I was ever in anything else, I think. It was like um, it was like orthorexia, like this hyperfixation on everything being nutritious or healthy or whatever this obsession with it and it takes you so much out of just existing which is also where people get really exhausted and burnt out like they're not actually in the present they're always forecasting always moving forward without and that's great but without any grounding in their current reality there's like 
towards and away from motivation. And some people have an away from, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to feel like this. So I have to right. go. I'm on fire. I need to get out of this fire. And then the towards it says, I'm so excited for this new life. And or the third like- or the third like me where you're motivated <laughs> completely out of spite. Vibes. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a really that's the different colored version of the away from. Like, watch me, you the tangents. Yeah, how did you blow your mind? Hold on to your pants. Exactly. I love that, but I don't. Even, again, I love you for following me through these thoughts. So I'm like, and then the thought was here, and then I had an idea over here. But that's the tangent. Is like, nothing is inherently good or bad, but you can audit if it's supportive. And when, like, when the pendulum swings so fucking far wherever, it's usually not supportive. Right. <laughs> because you've excluded something else. So I'm sure if you were listening to this, and I'm sure you probably heard, but like the wheel of life, like we see like the little, the rating wheel of life where we can rate where we are and what we're doing. And that's a great thing to see. And most people who come in and who are really overwhelmed, they're like a 10 in the business or like finance or whatever the hell. But like a two in family, a a one Mm. in body, like it's just like that skew. And so when people talk about balance, that balance can also flow. I think it's another thing too. It's deeply unkind and deeply unrealistic to yourself to expect a perfectly balanced life all the time because we go through seasons. Busy season says we're moving this way, but the circle shifts and this is like the balance. Like I, I always like think of like Tai Chi. I do not do Tai Chi, but I love to watch people do right. Tai Chi and I'm very mesmerized by it. But it's like the ebb and flow is what the balance is. But being able to like, if you're ebbing, you have to flow and come back and vice versa. And that's where the most like beautiful, wholesome, and I feel like sustainable balance comes from. Because even that, like, I want to be balanced. That's like a hyperfixation on being balanced. Right. So much so that you don't enjoy or exist. I've seen that a lot. I agree. Yeah. So, oh. A kindness. I think it's a gentleness too to like dis- detangle again. Like, what are you allowing yourself and why we're not? And what thoughts do you have about the things that you do or don't do or that you're trying for? A lot of it's just like when I'm coaching with people, when I work with them, and I love working with people in a longer capacity because this is where like the real magic comes in is being able to have that awareness of what you've said and how you behave and what your patterns are and how you react or how you respond and what your go to's are. So, like with my client, I can be like, um, I have a question. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. And remember how we talked about it? They're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, fuck. Thank you. Thank you. God damn it. I totally missed that. So it's such a vibe. And always That's out such of a kindness good way of calling too. someone out. Like, um, what, the, what is it? Dude, I would literally astral project if you did fuck? that to me. I would be like, yes. Like, <laughs> fuck me up kindly. Yes. And so all of my clients are have signed up to be fucked up kindly. But that's where the power comes in is having like having someone witness your life in a way that is super unbiased, but also deeply biased to your happiness and what you've said your happiness is versus someone who's like, this is happiness. And right. this is the 10 step program. Make sure you do two before three and three before four. And I'm like, that's just that's just okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You know, it's interesting this just this whole process of like hearing you unpack everything because I very recently like in the last year finally started to become self-aware like within my own reality of like the things that are making mm-hmm. me unhappy because like as a business owner I was like, "Oh, well, I made a good amount of money, so like I there was like this superficial happiness of just like I, I should did be it. happier." Yeah. <laughs> And so the way that I ended up realizing that like I was disconnected was very opposite of what I thought, which was I found that my, like you said earlier, my restful times weren't restful. I was practicing the art of resting in terms of doom scrolling and in terms of doing this, but I would still be really tired. And I just, I had no idea why. And I realized that in my downtime, I was disassociating a hundred percent of the time. Like, and which you wouldn't think is possible, but like, oh, here we are. <laughs> Who like, drove this car home? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, it was really cool to hear you kind of explain everything as you have in terms of like that intentional rotting and kind of taking that concept <laughs> of like shame and guilt around things, because I guarantee I would have probably thrived a lot more if I gave myself a little permission slip to rot instead of just like because I ended up rotting in a different way to where I just 
found and and this in a very personal way like it impacted my relationships like I would be on family vacation panicking because I wasn't Mm -hmm. working and I know there are several listeners that have told me recently that they experienced that too where they're just like it feels bad to be on vacation because I'm not able to be you know in that space so hearing the process that you go through working with your clients and giving them that freedom. It's just so beautiful to see this come around as a full 360 moment for you in your life again and again and again, where you created this thing by accident. (laughs) And now you're able to like kind of go through the process every time you talk with a client. And it's beautiful how some of these things that we beat ourselves up for and feel like shit for end up becoming oh. our purpose and end up becoming like the inner meaning and it's just so good <laughs> it's so it cool to see <laughs> it's so cool to see how th- all of those dots connected and you were all like I don't know if this is making any sense like you were like this is all over the place but like hearing I you feel like say the guy all these with things, all the strings on his wall but in hearing it it all connects <laughs> like it Amazing. all connects in such a beautiful way and so I I just have to say as you know one professional to another it's beautiful to see you helping people with this particular problem because I truly don't know anyone that does it in this way and what a beautiful way of cultivating balance while still introducing seasons and like just contextualizing it in such a beautiful way to me this year and it's been my favorite reframe I used to have this belief that I needed to burn all the bridges and really commit to this thing. And if I didn't commit to it long-term, then I was just a flaky little hoochie and no one was ever going to trust me or pay me ever again. And I had all this pressure on like that I had to commit even though, and I, so I gave myself no flexibility or space to course correct because I had said it and now I had to do it. And it was like punishment (laughs) to have to do this thing versus my greatest, like my favorite thing is seasons. I'm like, January Chelsea is not at all October Chelsea, not for a fucking moment. We are different people. (laughs) Don't know her, but then I do know her again when January comes around. And again, like I've said this a couple of times, it's, it's deeply uh, unkind and unsupported to yourself to think that you will be the same person the whole time or that your best self will continue to show up the whole time. So I've started, and this is a fun shift I've done with my clients. And again, it might change next year. That's the fucking point of this is <laughs> who are you this season? Like, how do you want to experience your business this season? Of course we zoom in and we zoom out. If you do have an annual goal, great. What does it look like to achieve the the portion of it in this season? Big fan of like the 12 week year for anyone who's listening, highly recommend. It's a great mindset shift. Even if you don't follow it to the T it's awesome. But give yourself more room and more opportunity to Mm. review who you are, what you like, what you feel. Like there are a lot of things that I just kind of go through. I'm an undiagnosed ADHD person, so I have a lot of hyperfixations all the time. And so I give myself, instead of being mad or annoyed or embarrassed that I didn't take something all the way through to the finish line, I'm like, okay, cool. Does this still serve me? Do I still like this? Do I want to just play with this? Oh, maybe yes, maybe no. And it's just unemotional. (laughs) Like Right. You can move things and you can change. I think that's what business too, is that people are expecting it to always look the same. And so I'm sure you see this as, you know, doing your strategy with people. When November comes around, people are like, oh my God, it's like the slow season or, oh my God, or this or that. And like, remember how this also happened last year? Right. I had a heart to heart with people. I was like, bro, you said, (laughs) yeah, I get it. To the day, babes. Let me go back and look at our last call recording. And I think that's just like the expectation. Like it, it's always going to be busy season. It's always going to be this. Or like I should always be getting the same amount of inquiries I do, even though it's not engagement season anymore or whatever. It's like speaking to photographers, but like season proof your, your life and your business and like plan accordingly. So like, yes, thinking, I never know if it's micro or macro. Anyway, thinking the zoomed in and also thinking the zoomed out and do them holistically again with the pendulum i think people zoom all the way in or zoom all the way out and they're not right a lot of people aren't giving themselves enough flexibility or opportunity even to review and and play around with it like camera analogy zoom in and zoom out like it's a different perspective it's a different photo every time you do it just look at things differently and objectively and give yourself that permission um something earlier was like I see you doing this again and again and again. And that's the, oh my God, again and again and again is the most hilarious thing to me because yes. So one, your business typically will happen again and again and again that you will experience the same seasons and the same things. It's true. 
fucking nonsense again and again and again. And coming from like the mindset side of things and the energetics and, you know, working on confidence and clarity and all these beautiful things. What I see a lot and what I've had to encounter too is this idea like as productivity driven people, as high achievers who are like, let me check this off. Let me, oh, did that, did that, look at me go, high five, gold star for Chelsea. That's not how growth works. And that's not how it looks. <laughs> you will encounter it again. So imagine my fucking surprise when I thought that I had done a bunch of growth and healing and moved through things. And then the same theme came up and I was like, I did this already. Why is this back? What the hell? And that's like, I have one like gentle thing for people. It's like, it will happen again. It will not be over. But what happens is that the more you encounter it, the more you have this growth mindset, the more opportunity you have then to meet it differently. Like that's life. You're never going to just suddenly like, I don't think anyone really heals their trauma to the core because it's in your body but you get to meet it differently and respond to it differently. You can say hello. You might adjust your relationship with it. It's the same with suffering. You just get to choose how you respond to it and, and how much you choose to allow in. And, and you can choose if it's suffering or if it's just friction. But like you can choose you what the season the means things. and what the you season, what season is. You're in. And that's one of the things that as someone who has navigated a strategy business, I can honestly say a lot of how I've framed everything has been on black and white absolutes, but the, the, the gray. Which I think is also important. It can be, it also can be really limiting and very stressful, but like, I'll I'll have to say the gray area for me was learning how to navigate like mental health in my business. And you're right. Like for many people in the mental health arena that consistently revisit these themes in these times of, you know, good mental health, bad mental health, you know, anywhere along the spectrum and stuff. The reminder, and it's it's so interesting because one of my family friends on their deathbed said, the last freedom you have in your life is, you know, what you choose, which sounds like, you know, it sounds like overly simplistic white man way of thinking, but I can choose this to be the season that I set myself up so that way next season I can give myself a break and let that season be exactly what I need it to be. And I would say the the last two quarters of last year, I very intentionally said, you know what, like knowing that showing up in my business is a fundamental necessity for me to make money and knowing that it's a non-negotiable and an unfortunate reality, right? To your point of realism, <laughs> I I can choose for my last two seasons to be this way if I choose to make this season the season that I prepare now. And I mm-hmm. I love how expansive this whole topic is because we just are so used to being like in the passenger seat of owning a business and letting it just kind of drive the car and like being like, oh, <laughs> I guess this is the, you know, I'm a victim of the industry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it can very much feel like that. And I'm not yeah. saying that, I'm not saying that people aren't impacted by, you, you know, the, the choice of how you respond. But, mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and, and take this, from our perspective, and Chelsea, I know we've been doing this for 13 plus years. I mean, you longer than me because you've been doing I it think even we're about the same. sooner. But if, no matter where you're on your business, if you're someone that's five years in, two years in, 10 years in, whatever, the big picture perspective that Chelsea and I are really trying to glean and like have be the major takeaway is you might be feeling in your business right now that you are kind of on the receiving end of just a dog pile of shit. And the choice, the the reality is you will, (laughs) you have the choice of whether or not this time is the time that you suffer. And if you find that, you know, at some point in the year, I'm going to need time to rot a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's change what this season (laughs) means for us so we can really alter our reality. And I just, I love the way that you framed everything because it's so, it's so tangible. It's so real. And it's so something that's just so forgiving for how, you know, unfair life can be sometimes. Yeah. The undercurrent of everything, of recovering from burnout, of like, you know, I'm a big fan of like holistic success and sustainable like strategies to maintain that and and have it everywhere. But there's an undercurrent of gentleness and forgiveness and also of like accountability. So like all of these go together. Like you can be accountable and a real fucking asshole to yourself and that's, you know, cool for you if you want to keep doing that if you like it sure but to be to have like accountability and practice responsibility in a way that's like gentle and kind and forgives you like 
Uh, another one of my favorite reframes is like, I have, I also struggle with like giving myself the, um, the accolades or the whatever celebration that I do really deserve. And so I'm like, well, it, well, it wasn't like this. And so what I'm I'll celebrate my coach you. Is like, also, my coach is like, excuse me, <laughs> bitch, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So again, I, this is not something I just like magically finished. <laughs> I was like, oh my right. God, I remember, but like, I know how to respond to it now and I catch it. And so one of my favorite things is even like, as you're changing, like things won't, <laughs> things won't go right. And like, yeah, that's again, just like a very, pra- I love being pragmatic. That's like one of my most grounded things. There is like a toxic positivity that says like, everything's fine. No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And you can even hear like, oh no, everything's fine. I have a whole huge pile of dog shit, but I love it. And there's a silver lining where it's like, okay, this is hot garbage. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. But I can also choose how I respond. So I could stay here and lament. I could also try to like voodoo myself into some really like high pitched positivity I could also take a minute to just catch my breath and then move the fuck on. Like there's, but like, okay, I want to be gentle with myself. I don't like this. I'm not feeling good. Or like, this is not the result I was going for. However, I do believe and I have confidence and I have faith and I have this gentle accountability and discipline to to my future self, which looks like choosing this response and taking this action and having these thoughts. But like the gentleness and the reminder, like be fucking gentle with yourself because yeah. if you can do that, like, that's really hard for, like, it's hard for me. I still have to, like, remind myself, like, okay, where is the gentleness? What does it do? Being gentle with yourself does not discount your success, like, even a, a modicum. Like, it's, it doesn't. It just supports it and helps you maintain it even longer. And so for you being a strategist, I don't know if you agree with this. I'm a big fan of, like, I don't care what fucking strategy you use as long as it's sustainable and it's aligning with what you've said that you want and what you said your values are. A lot of that's fact-checking, does it really? But if you're going to come to me with some like really fucking fancy and pretty and souped up like strategy for what you're going to do and these goals that you have, like if they just sound nice, like I can smell that shit from a mile away. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) wow, that's really polished. So polished. Yes. And like, even when I'm working with people too, like who have this polished approach, like even on coaching calls, I'm like, all right. So are, are you going to come into the room at any point or are we at your keynote? <laughs> Cause I can listen. I and mean, if you want me to hear, listen, y'all list you all day long, but we're not getting anywhere because everything you're saying is like polished, scripted, measured. I'm like, this is right. the problem. This is why you hired me because your life feels this way. And you have no, no actual like motivation or inspiration. Anyway, that's a tiny tangent, but yeah. Having gentleness with yourself so that like you can be real and pragmatic and also still attached to the big dream and the big vision. Like they go hand in hand, but pragmatic is my favorite. My word for the season <laughs> is discipline. And I'm like, previously that word has given me big fucking ick, big ick energy around discipline for like the last, however many of the fuck years. So I'm like, mm, I, I know you're not <laughs> alone too. Everyone hates that word. No, I, yeah. And all of my clients like, oh, discipline, ew, whatever. And it's, and I think it's, after we trace it back far enough, it goes into like toxic hustle culture with like all the fucking bro chads who are like, you gotta be disciplined, you gotta wake up and uh, you do all these different things. And it looks like, you know, creatine and 5 a.m. workouts and like, I don't know, crew That's cuts, true. Whatever the fuck. It does look a certain way. Versus yeah. like feminine discipline. So for me, and this is my reframe, I'm like, I could feel bad about discipline and I could resent it and be spiteful and just choose to be willy nilly because of it. Or I could also choose discipline as like the highest form of love and attention to myself because I do know I love a little willy nilly life, but I also get really fucking stressed out when things are not, (laughs) I like to say that I'm a lowercase a personality. Like I'm not totally a B. (laughs) I've never heard that, but I love it. This is my favorite thing. And if someone else came up with it before me, no, you didn't. It's mine. (laughs) Lowercase a, take it, run with it. But like I am type A in a a lowercase way. (laughs) It reminds me of the, of the of watching Anchorman where he's like, I think I think y- jogging is spelled with a soft J. So. Exactly. <laughs> yes, jogging. So for me, like I know that I thrive when I have like really yummy routines that feel really good, and that when my life is organized and my mental load is light, and that looks like having the discipline, like you said, like there's a season of prep. Then there there are pragmatic practical things that are required to experience that kind of life 
And they do most of the time require some level of discipline, but discipline can also be gentle. Discipline can say, mine has been, I love myself enough to, I love myself enough to pay attention to the groceries that I'm buying. I love myself enough to go to bed on time. And I love myself enough to wake up early and go to my workouts. I love myself enough to dedicate the time I know my business will thrive from. For me, I'm following your lead about being consistent in social media because I love a little willy-nilly moment and I love to follow my inspiration. I love that you call me out. I listen to your things. I'm like, call me out. (laughs) Help me. Call me me out. We need to call each other out. I love it. I'm into it. But yeah, so I love myself enough to do the things that maybe I don't want to do, but that I know for fucking shoresies, I will be so glad I did in the future. Like working out. Like I can't just snap my fingers and like be in whatever, you know, physique that I'm, I'm working towards, but I do know that it takes daily discipline. If, if, listen, if I can't wait for us to find that out because we'll be millionaires, it's going to be great. But yeah, like I love myself enough. I choose, I choose, I choose. And then something finished this thought ages ago is even when we don't have the result that we're going for, even when things don't work out, you can say, I tried my best, even though it didn't work out. I'm proud of myself, even though I didn't get the result that I was looking for. You can give yourself a little bit of gentleness and grace, even when things don't work out, because they won't. Not all the time, but there is a high likelihood that somewhere along the way, something's not going to go exactly according to plan. And so you can choose again, how, how do we adjust to it? How do we see it? What's What are the thoughts that we right. choose? How do we respond to it versus just like, you can let it totally derail your entire business. And I've let really small things completely derail my day, my month. Versus like, all right, this actually means nothing or, you know, it doesn't mean anything as big as it does and I can move on. So response and responding with gentleness and like a grounded kindness to yourself and how you want to experience your life. I'm I'm doing like for for those of you who don't see the video like I'm chef kissing <laughs> like crazy because listen like for this all is also who, for me I'm just yeah. like listening to myself I'm like good, look at you Chelsea good listen Lord, to your own advice I'm so <laughs> insightful no dude listen I love what you're saying too because it, many people in my membership know that like last week like I was just so like um hey if you're disconnected from yourself stop it and like I that that's like literally the beginning and end I can say and you just have a beautiful way of just wrapping it into like hey these are the realities of life while also like be fucking gentle like be fucking realistic you don't have to be a fucking asshole but you can be gentle and realistic and keep moving on okay like like stop stop being an asshole to yourself I just like to energetically boop people right stop it (gasps) what's happening energetic boop boop (laughs) Boop, 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 boop. That is oh. enough of what you are doing. No, thank you. <laughs> you're like, you're everything. And I, you did such a beautiful way of summing this up. So for anyone listening, like, please just know if you're in a place where you're feeling just genuinely stuck, you're not getting the joy that you want out of your business. And you know, it's possible mm-hmm. but you just like have a lot to unpack. Having someone like Chelsea is going to absolutely be a game changer. I know I've relied on her so many times. I've, you know, I've been in your DMs like crazy. I sent her. I love I sent that her, we just mutually yeah. attack each other's DMs. I'm like, excuse I me, hi, hello. I sent her 26 <laughs> voice memos the other day explaining. I'm like, Chelsea. So like, literally, she's going to be her. She's literally going to be the person that can pull you out of this. And for all of us who just really get in our own heads and get in our own way, sometimes you just need that hand like to grab to just get you out of there so chelsea for all the people that are just like fuck yes i align with this i would love to know more about chelsea i want to know what it's like to work with her where's the best place to find you amazing my one caveat for that is like i won't do anything for you i won't save your life i won't change your business but you will and i will be the person that gets you through the friction that supports you through your own fucking friction to get there. So you already have your own right answers. My job, my love, my fucking love language is being the person that can guide you gently, kindly through those things. So I'm not going to come in and be a fucking well wizard and save your business, but I am, <laughs> I think I'm pretty magical. So if you wanted to work with me, <laughs> um, if you enjoy this fun, juicy, good juju vibe, and, and please interested do. In what that please could look like, yes, <laughs> what that could look like as you expand and evolve in your business, whatever that might look like for you right now, Again, in this season of my business, I have a power hour. So if you're brand new to me, you can come book a power hour with me. We can go over whatever you want. It's a great like first dip in the, you know, dip um, your toe in the lake if you, if you like will. it. A fucking amuse bouche. Yes. 
That's exactly what it is. Perfect. I also have, if you're just interested and you kind of want to ask questions and see if my type of coaching is right for you, I have a free 30 minute vibe check. You can come in, literally check the vibe for 30 minutes and see how this might work for you. But yeah, I have a bunch of options. I do, I do movement work, which we didn't touch about, but I do movement. I do these yoga yoga classes that are like really booty shaking. I have my coaching offers. I do branding photography and boudoir. So all of these things fitting together to say, who the fuck are you? How the fuck do you want to feel? And how the fuck do we get to show that up in like the most exciting, confident, magical, delicious, booty delicious way? As I'm, we fucking do. <laughs> I'm, I'm deceased. I'm both living and dying in this moment. But please know for everyone listening. We have died and we have yes, risen. We- we have risen. This is not going to be the last time you guys are hearing from Chelsea. Chelsea and I only touched like just, just a like the very tip of the iceberg as far as like discussion wise, what we feel like is going to be really helpful in moving the needle forward for you. So just know this year we have future episodes planned with Chelsea. But Love you guys, we I I honestly feel so honored to have you here. Thank you for taking the time, and I look forward yeah, to everyone. Thank you for having yes. me. Yes, ask Ellie questions. She already has so many answers and she's so fucking brilliant. I love <laughs> I love getting to exist so nice. here. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to chat with you guys. Come, let's be friends. Let's all be friends. Well, <laughs> it's, wonderful. It's funner that way. <laughs> Thanks, Well, guys, Ellie. I will catch you guys next time. Bye.